Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Sex is Central. I'm your host, Jill Harrington, and I'm a little uncomfortable. I decided to make this podcast because as I've grown up, this topic is something that was very prevalent in my life and I think a lot of people's lives, but rarely talked about in a healthy or productive way. Today, I'm hoping to break down some barriers and get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable. Yes, I'm talking about sex. Today, we're going to talk about how we viewed the topic of sex throughout our lives, how it's impacted us, and really, we're just trying to start the conversation about sex that a lot of us tend to avoid. Here with me for some raw conversation today is Miss Izzy Demers. How are you, Izzy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be here, honestly. I've been working on a lot of stuff this week, and I like this has been the thing that I've been the most excited about. No, me too. Me too. Um, guys, Izzy is an outspoken student here at CMU. She's involved with owls and probably some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a sorority, and um, I like to volunteer at the Karma Cat Cafe, those cute little kittens, um, and I'm a sociology major, so I don't know, hopefully social work someday, but those are kind of like my biggest involvements, nothing else, just, I'm just trying to chill, I'm just trying to live, you know? <laughs> Good, <So. laughs> um, well, I'm so glad you could make time for me today, and I'm just wondering, how are you feeling about being a guest on Sex is Central? Um, I am very excited. I am a very pro-sex person, and I think that sex is very, like, not talked about in the best way, especially at our age, and then coming into college, there's a lot of standards that we have to keep up with, and rights and wrongs, and so I really like that you're doing this podcast because sex is so normal. Let's normalize it and talk about it. For sure. I, like, I feel like I'm branching out of my own comfort zone a little bit, even though it's something I should be comfortable with talking about already. But um, by doing this podcast, I think we might be crossing the line with our conversation, but I think it's a line that society has drawn for us, and I think it's necessary that this line be crossed. So I'm really grateful that you wanted to be a guest, because I know for a lot of students, it's not really something <laughs> they'd want to talk about publicly. Yeah. So I just wanted to start with my first question, which is, where did you grow up, and what was the sex education like there? So I grew up in uh, Livonia, Michigan, and it was a very privileged town and I would say suburbs mostly and I would say my sex education really was high school and that is how it is for like a ton of kids it's just our health class and all it is is basically a chapter a couple weeks I would say into the health class and that was really it and it was basically just STDs and a co like condoms that was it it was nothing crazy nothing that was normalizing any other you know sexual behaviors that we have nowadays, it was just basically the basics of sex, which are the boring basics, and they could have done a lot better. Sex education sucks for kids, like teenagers, high schoolers, that's when they're first learning about sex, mm -hmm. that's when the standards are set, everyone is talking about, you know, who you're with, you should have sex with someone if you're in a relationship with them, and so the education that we get in high school is pretty shit, and... I would say we need to change that completely. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Um, I know, like, the poor sex education causes a lot of people to have these negative connotations about sex. Yes. How do you remember, like, peers and friends and people around school, even teachers maybe, talking about the topic of sex? Yeah, it was very, um, just like... I would say anti-sex, especially the teachers, you know, they would, they would talk about it to an, a degree, but it was, it wasn't like they were, you know, pro-sex. They weren't, not like they were, should have been, you know, advocating for us to have sex at our age, but they were basically telling us that it was wrong, you know, do it when you're older, you're not ready for it. But who knows? I mean, yes, having sex in high school is 
pretty young and there are people who do it though and they should be doing it the healthy way the right way and if we're not getting educated the right way at that age then there can be a lot of problems with that like pregnancies and stuff like that and people our age like in high school do not know how to handle that if they were to get into those situations because we are just not getting educated right on the right way to go about it exactly I've done a lot of research on like the whole state of sex education or the lack of sex education and a lot of educators say that students come into high school with more experience than knowledge about sex. Mm-hmm. So they're like more experienced, but they don't really know what they're doing with their own bodies. Yeah. Um, did you ever get like a sex talk or the birds and the bees talk from your parents? No, my gosh, this is, this is just crazy. My parents are so like scared of the word sex, basically. Um, I would even try to engage and start the conversation and my mom and dad would just totally shut it down blah 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 blah. too gross don't talk about it and I think that's how it is for a lot of teenagers because I mean I don't know how I'm thinking about it back in the day if I were to get a conversation with my parents about sex I'd probably be a little grossed out because I do not like to picture that in any way (laughs) but I mean it's important to for a parent to be like yo like you can have sex. It's okay. Just be safe. I want you to be, you know, as safe as you possibly can. But for a parent to totally shun, you know, their teenager, their adolescent from the idea of sex, that can totally bring in the unhealthy form of sex that the kid could have. So in a way, the sex talk is good and it should be had with parents, but like mostly just that it's okay. You can come to me. And so I never had that type of like dynamic with my parents. I could never talk about sex. I could barely talk about like dating and relationships with my parents because they would just get so grossed out with everything. Mm. And so then that obviously formed like unhealthy habits with myself and that I'm still struggling with now because I never got a good like conversation with my parents. Okay. So, um, like how did that lack of conversation around sex How did that, like, affect your sex life or relationship life? So because of that, like, not having uh, that conversation with my parents, that education, I really, like, I really went to porn. And I think that is how a ton of, you know, teenagers start their sex journey is by watching porn, by seeing what they are watching and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the norm. I got to do what I'm seeing. You know, this is, like, the perfect form of sex. And it took me a very, very long time to even consider the that this porn type of scenario is not normal. Mm. It took me until college, like, coming up here, actually having a sexual relationship that I noticed oh my gosh, it's it's like nothing like porn. But growing up, especially my teenage years, I started out pretty early. I like watched porn when I was like 10. Like I was very right. young, like all that stuff with my sexual experiences. I really realized that like the things I were watching was so staged. We think that, you know, got like boys, you know, we see that boys idolize, you know, the way that porn stars are in the films and how they look and how their bodies act like like the hair pulling yes. the snapping the spitting it's, yes it's too much and sometimes. the hairless the hairless women you know they have right. to look a certain way their pussy has to be completely bare like right. it's, it's so not normal and so girls it's so damaging to their brains I'm thinking that I have to be completely shaved I have to be you know thin I have to I'm Italian like I like <laughs> I'm hairy so you got to deal with it but growing up I thought that that's how I had to be because that wasn't what I was viewing. I was viewing porn that was these very beautiful, thin, hairless women, and it damaged me. And I thought that I, like, wasn't going to be sexualized by someone because I didn't look like, you know, the women that the boys were watching in porn. So that totally damaged. And then, of course, the standards and, like, how I have to act, how I have to sound, Mm -hmm. what I have to do with someone, you know, so they can get off. It just totally damaged, like, my behavior and, and 
how I was going about it up until college, which is bad because I was like 18 years old. From from the time I started viewing porn at 10 to 18, I was thinking that that was normal. And so I'm glad that I don't anymore, but it really stunted like my my growth with my sexuality. Okay. For sure. Wow. So now that we're like on a college campus, we're surrounded by this like frat culture type of deal. Yes. How are the pressures of having sex maybe the same or how are they maybe different? They are, I would say the same, like a lot of that frat behavior, a lot of that, I've noticed that coming to college, I wanted a relationship as one does when we get to college, there's lots of options, we're literally living with our potential partners, you know, it's such easy access to be in a relationship at college, and so I came in thinking this was going to be easy, a dream, I could, you know, find someone, you know, quite easily, but I've noticed with especially people that I've fallen interest with, just want sex and so it's super hard because I have I'm not like that I'm not someone who typically does just sexual relationships with no feelings and so it was very hard for me to adjust and be like holy shit like is this what I have to do you know I have to be overly sexual I have to only be sexual for someone to want to be intimate with Mm. me which totally sucked so that behavior I've noticed a lot with my like couple recent people that I've been with at college has been that way and it's totally stunted my ability to try to go out for a relationship that culture of sex and no relationships when it comes to college is just it's awful (laughs) Um, so I think a lot of people tend to like rush maybe having sex in the beginning of a relationship, either to get it all on, all out on the table or know what you're working with or, you know, set those expectations or maybe they're just like horny or whatever. Do you think it's possible to have a serious relationship with someone when you start out with just sex? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess I have to go with like how I feel about this and my experiences. I would say no. I know that there are so many people that can create that you know, like special relationship and partnership starting from sex. I know a lot of people do it. Personally, I've had a hard time doing that when I've started things out with sex. But, I mean, it also depends on the person and what they want. If they want that partnership, I mean, if they totally do. And if you do, then starting with sex can be beautiful and it can be intimacy from the start and it can, you know, the ball can roll into something great and beautiful. But from my experience... Starting things sexual with someone and then trying to develop something more, especially when I have gotten feelings after, you know, being sexual and the other person doesn't want to be in a relationship and they only want that thing sexual. And so I'm stuck like, oh my God, I want to be sexual with you. Like you want to be sexual with me. We both want to be sexual with each other, but I want a little bit more and you don't. How, you know, I like think about if you want to have sex with me, doesn't that mean that you care for me? Doesn't that mean that you like me? Like you have feelings for me? It's been so much of a battle this year because of my like relationships I've had over the course of this past fall. And it's like, I'm having sex with this person. They they like me. They care about me. But why don't they like me enough to be with me? And so, yes, those people who can have a great relationship and partnership starting from sex, that is an amazing thing. I'm jealous of them. <laughs> I think that sex is so intimate. I think sex is so amazing. Like, I... I love sex. <laughs> like I do. Me too, I love girl. every <laughs> I love every aspect of it. I find it beautiful. I find it passionate. And so the experiences that I've had this year have been not like that. And okay. it, it would it even like makes me sad because like I'll be done with a sexual uh, experience with somebody and I feel like no gratification from it because yeah. I feel 
almost used, you know, they, I want this to be such an intimate experience. It would be so much more pleasurable, so much more gratifying if it was somebody who I knew liked me and wanted something deeper with me. But it's not because of this culture, this hookup culture that we are surrounded with makes me feel like I'm just a hit and go, basically. Yeah, a piece. Yeah, like, a piece. Uh, something to use. Yes, and that's how I felt uh, with my past, like, mm, you know. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm dumping a little bit. No, I, like, I love hearing about it, though. <laughs> but it's just, and it just shows that, like, I'm so passionate about, like, a healthy sex life and, and a happy sex life because mm-hmm. it's ridiculous that this hookup culture is, is around, and it's, I feel like it's getting worse. I feel like dating at our age is so hard these days, and especially coming into college and dating is so hard because of the hookup culture, and, and the, you have to be overly sexual to mm-hmm. get someone to want to be with you romantically, and it's... And everything starts out sexual. I mean, like Tinder and, and all that stuff. I, when I when I match with somebody on Tinder, like the first thing you know they start talking about is like getting together, hooking up. Their first text to me is a sexual text. Like nothing nothing sweet these days. I would right. say you know I'm an old soul. I like you know I like the old romanticness of being with somebody. But it's just I'm not you know we're not getting that these days because it's so yeah. hard to achieve that with the culture that we live in in college it's crazy I completely agree I'm like just open the door for me like send Mm -hmm. me a good morning text something sweet but I think it's also different for everyone like you know their relationship to sex depending on if they want to keep going with that relationship Mm -hmm. um so I was going to ask you about do you think you can detach emotions from someone that you're having sex with but I think you kind of already answered that I'm an emotional person me too girl yep I (laughs) cannot like I like I said sex is beautiful to me and it means a lot intimately and there are people I don't I always think about this like there are people that can do that emotionless sex and just feel nothing from it and just get that pleasure and gratification from the sex alone and applaud to them because I've I just struggle with that so much because I have an insecurity with you know being sexual myself and and with my body and stuff like that so when I open myself up to somebody it's because I have those feelings and because I have that care for them Mm. so personally I just cannot have that emotionless sex which is the problem because a lot of people that I've been with sexually they are like that and I think why you know going back to my statement before like don't you like me don't you care about me if you want to have sex with me so I don't get like how they think like that but yeah yeah I'm a very emotional person when it comes to sex so it is hard for me to detach it yeah I feel the same way and I think it's all also about like transparency when you're having sex with someone like we're having this conversation now but we're talking about how sex is not really talked about enough and like maybe this is the reason that so many people end up like either hooking up right away and not understanding when the other person doesn't want to be with them or the uh, the opposite where they hook up right away and they don't understand why this person is attached to them. So moving on from that, mm-hmm. when do you think is a good time in a relationship to discuss sexual history? Mm. I definitely think, uh, maybe not right at the beginning, definitely like getting comfortable with that person for sure at first. I would say maybe like a month 
<laughs> if we're giving a time, but I don't know if you're asking for a time. But I would say, honestly, without a timeline, just being comfortable with that person, making sure that you both are with each other and that you care for each other and that you're willing to hear that past of that person. You're willing to be there for them as they talk to you about that past. Mm-hmm. Um, because for some people, it can be a bad past. And so opening up about that to your partner might be hard. So just making sure that your partner is there for you and that you have that open conversation with each other doesn't matter what time it is as long as you are willing to be there for them through that talk and discussion. Do you think you always have to tell the whole story about your sexual history with someone? Or do you think some things are better left unsaid? I think if it's not something crazy, I feel that you really don't need to talk about every single situation. Right. Um, unless it's something you know traumatic that you need to open up with, or that you feel that you need to discuss with your partner. I don't know. Some things are better left unsaid, I would say. When we talk about sex, we also, unfortunately, we have to talk about slut shaming, body shaming, yes. body count, the concept of virginity. Mm. Um, and I think these uh, negative associations with sex are kind of what cause us to avoid like having the conversation. Does it really matter how many people we've fucked? Nope. It does not matter at all. It does not change who we are, how we are. It has nothing to do with it. And the fact that slut-shaming is still a thing, stop slut-shaming 2022 because it does not matter how many people you fucked, how many people you've been with. You're you. I honestly, if people call me a slut, I say thank you because honestly, that's a pretty word. I like that. Call me a slut. Because it's <laughs> it's an empowering thing. Like, I'm, I am enjoying my body. I'm enjoying, you know, being with people. So... To me, it can be an empowering thing. For others, it can be upsetting, but it shouldn't be because yeah. it's a terrible thing to slut shame, and we should really stop that because that's bullshit. I it is. completely agree. <laughs> it's I know. awful. I'm like, we should all just be able to be open and be honest and yeah. not care like, about anything. Let's all just have sex and let's just be <laughs> fine with it. Yeah. Like, who cares what we're doing? As long as we're having fun and being healthy, being safe, taking care of ourselves and the others around us. Yeah, and then, like, on the other end of things, I know a lot of people who have never had sex at all mm-hmm. here on a college campus. Um, it could be, like, for many reasons. I don't know. I don't I don't think they're always waiting till marriage. I just think we're on a small college campus. Mm-hmm. We, there aren't, the dating pool's kind of small. Um, I'm wondering, what advice do you have for someone who hasn't had any sexual experience? What do you think is a good way to get started? Yeah, so definitely when you're entering college, there's totally these standards that you need to be having sex. You need to bring yourself into the culture of, you know, hookup and stuff like that. And for some people who haven't had a lot of sexual experience coming to college with a lot of people who have and seem like they are very sexual, it can be very intimidating. It can be very scary and you're very insecure because you're like, why, you know, why am I not having sex like everyone else around me? Am I, is there something wrong with me? Uh, but no, there, there's nothing wrong with you. You can take as long as you need. This is something that is very intimate, like I've been saying, and something that's very personal. And for some people, it, it means so much to them. And so I would just say finding somebody. Finding somebody, it, it does take a while to find that, that person that you want to totally be open with, but there are people out there. And I know that we have a small dating pool, and it can be very hard with the hookup culture and the frat culture that we have at, at school and at college. But if you just find that person that is willing to be that that person for you, to open yourself with, to be completely comfortable with, they're out there. 
And once you get that person, it can be very easy. It does not have to be intimidating. Even if this person that you're with has a lot of more experience than you, that might be intimidating to you, but just keep an open mind. That person, if they care for you, if they like you or love you, they will be there to help you throughout the way. Um, so it's not as scary as it seems. I mean, I came into college a virgin with little sex sexual experience, and I lost my virginity this past October, actually. So I talk, you know, this big talk about how I'm very sexual and stuff like that, but it took me a while, and I was very insecure and and I still do feel that way. I mean, I've only, I only have like three sexual partners. And so I think that I still have to contribute to that uh, sexual culture in college. Um, so I do get insecure myself sometimes. But you just have to have that level of comfortability with somebody that once you have that, doors will open and it'll be such a fun time with that person. So I don't know, you came into college a, a virgin. I hate <laughs> yeah, that oh, I hate that term too. I can't believe like, I said that. The whole concept of virginity, it's like you have, you've never been used. Like, uh, yeah. I hate it. What do you enjoy about sex? Um, having our bodies move together, having that comfortability, that intimacy, that passion. Um, I love just like when I'm having sex with someone and we can just like make out and just like kiss and cause I love kissing cause it's just such like a more intimate thing. Like our, you know, our faces are on each other. Yeah. We're, we're passionately kissing. And so doing that while having sex is like amazing for me cause it shows that this person, when I have sex with somebody and they don't really kiss me and they are just above me and fucking me and I'm just laying down and they're just Looking choking at the back me. Of my head. Yeah, yeah. Back of my head, pull my hair, choking me. Like, kiss me like show that show that that you passion show that you care about me or the aftercare mm -hmm. I love aftercare after having sex with someone or even doing anything sexual let's cuddle let's take a little nap let's just lay together play with my hair tell me how you felt during this experience the one time that I actually cried after sex was when I had sex with this person and they didn't show any aftercare. They just started getting ready and left. And it was, like, a pretty serious, like, experience for me. Right. And then right afterwards, the thing I'm looking for is to be consoled and to be, you know, cuddled with. And you're just going to leave? Like, that's – aftercare is a huge thing for me because it's it's very important in anyone's, like, sex, sex life is to have that moment afterwards to reflect on what happened and just be there for each other after that moment. It's completely necessary to have yeah. that aftercare. And I think especially, I don't, I don't mean to, like, separate by gender, but I think a lot of guys tend to, like, rush things and mm -hmm. get things on the way. And it takes time to, like... Reminisce on yeah, the experience together. Reflect on what happened yes. and what you did together. I'm wondering, what is, like, the line between non-consensual sex and having sex just to please your partner? Uh, I would say those things do fall kind of in this in the same category, I think, for me. I mean, um, there actually have been times in the past relationship where I have wanted to do stuff sexually and he has not. And so at first I was like, oh, no, like, come on. But now I've reflected afterwards and I'm like, no, like, he wasn't feeling it. And that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. And, like, as just discussing that I love you. I, I, I love being passionate and, and making love with you. But right now I'm just not feeling it, having that conversation, and then just respecting that person's decision that not tonight, you know. We yeah. don't need to have sex tonight. Uh, we'll have sex tomorrow or something, you know, when they're feeling it. A lot of people are, like, um, I think hesitant to be like, eh, I don't want to have sex with 
someone who's their partner. Um, but I think it's important that either you be transparent with them or if you're that person's partner, pay attention to their body language during sex. Yes. Are they into it? Are they making, are, what are their faces look like? Are they crying? Like, mm-hmm. are they crying? Paying attention to their body language is so big. It's so important. And I think a lot of people don't do that because they're focused on, you know, their own pleasure during sex. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, do you ever find it hard to focus on yourself during sex? Yes, um, definitely. Like, if we were to talk about, like, past experiences, I feel like that I have tried my hardest to please my partner or please the person that I'm in the sexual experience with. Um, Because it's my uh, needing validation. I I have discovered that I love having male validation in my life. And so, with that being said, I tend to act a certain way engaging in sex with somebody so that they, you know, love it, that they are getting off by it, Mm -hmm. not as much for me, Mm -hmm. more for them. So I'll give them head, and then you don't have to give me head, but I'll give you head. But in my head, I'm like... I want head. That's like the best. In my head, I want head. And so, but I don't do those sorts of things because I want to make sure that this person likes me because it it goes back to that emotions. Like I have such emotions for somebody when I have sex with them, but if they don't want that relationship with me and they just want sex with me, I think that I have to act that certain way in sex so that they will stay with me so that they will keep having sex with me. Mm. So I don't, I don't put myself first in, in the sexual experience with someone, or at least this, these couple past ones, you know, if I'm in a relationship with someone, if I'm in a partnership, totally different, but because of the culture and, and, and the behavior that I've experienced, you know, at college, that's how my sexual experiences have been, which is upsetting. Sometimes I like find myself keeping count he's come this many times and I've come this many times. Like mm-hmm. if I've come more than like, he's got to, you know, I got to make up for it, but it's, yep. it's not about, I don't think evenness. It's about when someone needs a little extra, like you give them a little extra and when this person doesn't really want it, you don't give it, you know, mm-hmm. it's all about like the give and take and the balance. With my sexual experiences that I've had since October, I have not come once. And it's so wild because I'm engaging in this act that I think is so beautiful and so intimate and passionate. And yet I'm not, you know, getting that gratification that the men are that I've been with. Mm -hmm. And so, honestly, and and also those people were kind of more hookup-y. You know, I, I definitely know that if I were in a partnership with someone, as someone, a dynamic where I knew that they cared and, and liked me as much as I cared and liked for them, if I were to talk to them like, hey, like, I really want you to do this to me. I really, really want you to eat me out. I will come so hard if you eat me <laughs> out. And if just, like, talking to them and telling them that, like, I really, really enjoy if you do this. Plus, I think some people are, in, like you know, get horny by that saying, you know, sure. if I hear someone say that they really like when I do this, um, that's amazing. And that makes me feel so good about myself. So I feel like if we were to tell that person that we're with, like, I would really love if you did this to me. I mean, that could, that could help it out, but it is so hard for people to try to, it's hard for us to act, ask for what we want because we're in this situation where we're being fucked by somebody and we feel that we have to limit our pleasure for that person and sex is also just raw and like honestly embarrassing sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's like funny and it's like you have to be able to be comfortable and be transparent with these people (laughs) and tell them what you want because 
different things feel good to everyone. Yeah, going off of that little ins- embarrassing moment, and I mean, sex with somebody can you can laugh with them at some points. I th- I felt like it always had to be so serious, and I had to be that certain way. But there are moments during sex with somebody where something might you know go a off, queef, or, yeah, a queef or something. And there was a time where this boy asked me to sit on his face, and I was like, I've never really done that before. And so I was like, okay, I've seen it in films, I've seen it in porn. And so I go to do it, and he's like, no, actually sit on me. And I'm like, no. And so I'm like, I'm like hovering over him and he's just like no like literally do it sorry if this is a lot no no <laughs> and it's like it was embarrassing to me and after the fact when I would think about it I'd cringe like audibly cringe to myself because I was like oh my god I had no idea how to sit on his face but I mean and now we can laugh about that because right. it's like trial and error and it's and you should be comfortable with that person where you can laugh and be like I literally don't know how to sit on your face and then you right. can both laugh about it I don't know. It's just so, there's just a lot of things with sex that can be so fun and funny. And if you have that person that you can like laugh with and like make jokes with during it, that's like the best thing ever, I guess. So true. With that note, I think it's time to wrap up our first episode of Sex is Central. Uh, Izzy, I already feel more comfortable talking about sex (laughs) and I hope our listeners feel a little bit more comfortable too. It's been amazing chatting with you face-to-face, especially with masks on, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, So thank you for making time for me. Of course. I had such a good time. I love talking about this. And so thank you for having me on. All right. Well, I hope you all decide to tune in for the next episode of Sex is Central. And we'll see you next time. Do you have questions about sex and relationships? Visit the link in the description to ask us anything about sex culture. From masturbation to relationships to kinks, etc., etc. No topic is off limits, but as always, remember to be respectful. Thanks!